Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Welcome back to the Do Divorce Right podcast. Um, Today's guest is highly accomplished and super relatable for our audience. Angela Vasalo is a fabulous business coach. She's an entrepreneur, a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a speaker, and the author of the book, The Second Wife's Guide. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'd love to. I'd love for you to be able to tell us, in your words, maybe a bit about your background and the reason why you wrote the Second Wives Guide. Yeah, sure. Well, I actually wrote the Second Wives Guide in 2015, believe it or not. Wow. Um, and yeah, so I've actually was the reason why I wrote the book is because I have been part of my blended family for 20 years now, actually 21 years. When I wrote the book, I'd been part of the blended family for like nearly a decade and a lot of my friends were starting to meet men that had been married before and had children and they were coming to me for advice. So I was thinking, well, I don't have all the answers. However, we've kind of gotten through so many different challenges and they were right at the beginning. So I was giving them advice of how to get through so many little you know, tricky situations because I just didn't feel like there was a blueprint out there for especially women like me who were meeting men that had been married before and had children, how to navigate our way through that. So um, I actually did a fair bit of research on it and then decided to write a book about it. Uh, I also decided to um, interview many other women that were similar to me so I could do case studies in the book as well to be able to bring to light to help women really to be able to dodge a bullet or two um it's tricky to navigate for sure you know that type of thing absolutely like I'm I'm also a stepmom I'm also in a blended family yeah fantastic yeah um our girls now are so much older and they've never actually lived under my roof full time so we had weekends with them we had this awesome setup so we were living in Singapore at the time when I first met my partner who's wonderful um, and we, when we first met, we were both out of our marriages and we'd both been separated for quite a while. And then when we met, it was like oh, fireworks. Um, and we had four children between us. And the lovely thing about the dating time or those first early years together was that we would have one weekend with four children. So we did the big family things and we went off fishing and we had adventures. And then the next weekend, we'd have no children. You too. All right. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that cool. great. Our children get along great together. They they yeah. definitely think of each other as family, even though we are now so far apart. So my stepdaughters live in the Netherlands. They're at university. We're in Australia. It's a very long way away, but we still we're still very much a blended family. That's great. That's a lovely story, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is great. And there's so many successful case studies. Um, I haven't read your book yet, but I will, uh, because I'd love to hear. Would you? 
looking back on it, sorry, I've just gone from a statement into a question. Um, so if you published eight years ago, do you think much has changed in that time that would make you want to revisit the book or add some additional chapters? I think I think it has changed a bit. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think personally, look, my son at the, is, so I'll just give you a background. He's my great. two uh, stepsons are 30 and 28. So they yeah. were five and six when I first met them. Wow. So it's a long time. Again, they're also older. Um, the tw- the oldest one runs our restaurants because I, I own a couple of restaurants as well. He runs and manages those now. So we've been able to set him up and put him into business. So I personally have worked every single day with Jack right through. So mm-hmm. uh, that's been great to be able to have that relationship with him. The other son, James, is about to move to um, to Brisbane. So um, he was the, those two were the same. They didn't live with us full time. So we had them every second weekend. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they live with their mother full time. And then Mark and I have a son together who's 17 okay. now, which is okay. Dylan. And uh, I think, you know, just navigating everything with Dylan at the moment, being a teenager, social media and all of those things, I think personally that things are probably harder now than probably what they were when the boys were a lot younger. Got it. You know, without the social media and without all the challenges, all that brings up as well. So that would be fine. Yeah, I also think there's much more access into your home than there might have been. So Dylan is the child of the two of you. But if Dylan was, you know, the child of another parent as well and coming in and out of that home, it's not just the social media, it's the devices, right? So the opportunity that they have the iPad or the mobile phone and now the parent that they're not with also has access to the child into the home through that. I think that's can be quite tricky to navigate. Yeah, that's That's right because it used to only be the landline. That's right. House. Yeah. Or, the, yeah. or you could put off getting them at the device for many, many years, but yes. now it's younger and younger and younger. You almost can't have an eight-year-old without some device, right? 100%. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so you can contact them. Yeah. And I, I'm i actually very um, pro having boundaries around that. I think if you've got an amicable relationship, being able to have a conversation with your ex-partner to say, look, when the children are in my home, I don't want them to call you at any time because it can undermine my authority in this home in the same way that it would when you're in the same, you know, same home. They'll go run to mum to get the answer that you want or run to dad when, you know, you're unhappy about something that mum has said. It doesn't help your parenting in the moment. I agree. And I think that would be very difficult. Because, you know, if you don't get a yes from there, oh, I'll just go quickly text mum and see if I can get an answer there. Oh, mum told me I just got a text message. Mum said yes. Yeah. Or Dad, can you come and pick me up because I'm really unhappy here? Yeah. And the reason you're unhappy is because mum said no iPad anymore. Like it's just it creates too many opportunities for undermining good parenting. So if anyone's listening and you haven't got those agreements in place, it's perfectly okay to not allow the other parent into your home when you're parenting. Yeah. You know, you can escalate, I think, and have conversations that are adult to adult, but not letting the child. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Um, Let me ask you about how challenging you've found navigating step parenting. So you've now got so much experience in this, like decades of experience. Let's share some of that about what have you found most challenging. Um, Let's start with regarding the the parents so the your relationship with your partner's ex for example let's start there yeah so 
in the beginning, it was very tricky. And, you know, I, I actually wrote a chapter in the beginning of my book called Marrying Into a Village. And it really felt like that because what happens is you meet the man, you fall in love with him, but what you don't see is this village of people standing right behind him that have an impact and an influence on your relationship. Yes. That was the one thing that I didn't see coming. So that was the thing that I think it took me a while to figure a lot of that out because um, there's so many different personalities there that you're going to meet, that you're going to be a part of. Um, and my husband's ex-wife was um, very full on with the kids, wanted the kids at, um, and was just all about the kids and very, you know, I'll, I'll say controlling, very controlling in that, in that matter. But she... Um, it took a couple of years and I also write about, you know, being the hero in the family. How are you going to be that person? Somebody has to step up in the relationship, in the dynamic, to be able to create that connection. Somebody needs to be able to extend that olive branch. Right. And, yeah, and that was one thing that um, it took me a little while to figure that out, but I decided to make a decision. It was a, a very intentional decision to make peace, um, to get along, to do the best we could. Great. You know, um, because one thing I always found was, so there was a, a family event or something and I was invited to that, that you would go to, but I knew that when we walked in that room, all eyes were going to be on her and I yes. all the time. Let's so see I thought, this well, dynamic plays yeah, out. Yeah. Let's just like cut to the chase, go up and say, hi, how are you? Otherwise it just gets so uncomfortable and every the kids are nervous my ex-husband, my, uh, my husband was nervous, his, his ex-wife was nervous. So I was like, it doesn't need to be like this. You know, we'll try to not, and it doesn't always work out like that. I get that. It took yeah. us a process and a while, but um, it definitely was a, a, a work in progress to be able to get to that point. But that was an intentional decision of mine in the beginning to be able to try and, you know, bring this blended family together. I'm going to pull at this thread just a little bit more because I think it's yes. really, really helpful to, to understand and, and get some practical steps out of it. So you make the intentional decision that I'm going to have an amicable relationship with this person. I'm going to make sure that we've got some peace between us. Um, how receptive was she to that to begin with? Not too good in the beginning. It took a little while for us to be able to make that happen. Um and I think these are one of the things I learned from a, a great mentor many, many years ago. She said, Angela, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yeah. So it was always about choosing your battles. So I tried to choose to be happy majority of the time. And there'd be many times where I think to myself, I have, I'm very justified in feeling this way. I can fight this battle. I can say, you know, I can be the one that sort of puts forward my case and this isn't fair and I feel second best and all of these things. But you have to at some point say to yourself, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? I, love now, I can't control anyone else's feelings. I can't control if they're going to be nice to me. I can't control any of it. I can just do the best that I can do. Exactly. You know, and, and get it helps you put some things down, doesn't it? it like yeah. you say, choose your battles. But in the moment, it's really hard to remind yourself of that. And that's why I think that intention and coming back to that intention is so important. Yes, yes. Right. Um, so it's, it's that don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, 100%. You know, there's, some, there's these things where um, I'll give you an example. Um, I remember once, I'm a hairdresser, 
And I remember cutting my husband's hair and my husband said, oh, the boys are here. They need a haircut. Cut the boys' hair. And I was like, oh, okay, um, you sure? Like, you know, because I knew that um, she was the one that every decision is is sorted and, you know, that's, you don't, you don't cross that. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And he goes, no, it's fine. I mean, I mean, their dad, like, you know, they need a haircut, cut their hair. So, all right, so I cut their hair and then like all hell broke loose after that, right? Because that it's decision. It's really funny you say that. The exact same thing happened in my family. Really? Yes. I can't even remember quite how it played out. It, but it was like my son went back to his dad's house with a haircut that the dad was very like really unhappy with, and I'm yeah. super conservative. It wasn't a mullet or anything. No, but it wasn't it. Sure, back inside. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Go on. It was just trimmed. It wasn't major. Um, I was very conscious of that too. Um, but in that moment, I thought, okay, so that was that was basically her decisions to make are her children and that it almost like Mark didn't have any authority it was like she makes the decisions based on their life and all that sort of stuff so that was really interesting how that played out and I thought wow that to me was like if I put myself in that position like looking at it now if I was in that position and my husband's partner cut his hair I'd be like oh that's just one job I don't have to do (laughs) it doesn't bother me you know yeah another way of looking at that yeah, yeah, another way of looking at that is you've got a very visual representation of somebody else's influence in your baby's life. Yes. Very yes. visual. You can't avoid looking at it. So I totally understand how that would be triggering. Yes, that was. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, okay, I needed to, you know, understand that that is something that these are things where you could just say, oh, well, you know, stop right. them. Like She's crazy. What's wrong with her? But then I had to step back and have some empathy and understand, okay, that was something for her that did trigger her. That was something for her that she wasn't, you know, impressed with. And we didn't sort of bring her into the decision of, you know, something as basic as the kid's hair being cut. Um, We weren't organising them to go to university and all that. It was just a haircut. But that was something that was important to her. So then they're the things you sort of have to check yourself and you have to say, okay, well, it would not have affected me like that. No, but other people but did affect like her. And that's the stuff where you can't sweat the small stuff. You just have to say, oh, sorry about that. You know, yeah. again, do you want to be right? Do you want to be happy? Sorry about that. You just apologise. wasn't my intention to affect, offend anybody. Mark just asked me to get my hair cut. Uh, yeah, won't do it again. No problem. Great. That's Otherwise, you could yeah. hold that. You and could hold on to it, couldn't you? All the resentment will start and the bitching and the fighting will start and all the kids will be involved and then you'll go back to it all of that again so you do have to be careful of those moments that do pop up like that because yeah it's this kind of power play at times and it's it's yeah it's not very comfortable but it is part of a blended family and I I, one of the chapters I did write in my book also was called caveat emptor let the buyer beware okay caveat emptor means let the buyer beware because when you're going into a blended family and you know it's for someone like me who didn't have children who didn't have an ex-partner and I was just stepping into this relationship um I walked in with um rose-colored glasses on I thought it's all fabulous it's all gonna be fantastic we'll be all get along everything will be fine and I just had no idea what I was in for okay but I always say are you prepared for this? Are you prepared for feeling like this? Are you prepared to feeling like time's feeling like second best and and these emotions that are going to come up and, you know, it's not about you. Are you or somebody that's where it's all about you? Because if you are, get out because mm-hmm. you're not going to like it because it's not going to be all about you all the time. 
No, children will often come above a new partner. So the children's needs and therefore that, you know, the mother that's connected to them will often come above the the partner. Absolutely, yes. And and so it should in so many ways, you know, and that's where you do need to understand that that is, that's an important part. priority. Yeah, agreed. Was there anything that you did in particular, and I, I don't want to make this sound manipulative, but I'm just looking for some help, I guess. Was there, were there any actions that you took intentionally to make yourself more liked by your partner's ex? Yeah, you're funny you say that because I remember when I wasn't liked, right? So you've also got her mother and then you've, you've also got the ex-wife, then you've got her her parents, sure. right? And then you've got the sisters and then you've got all, you know, there's a whole... All of whom are family to your family. They yeah. all yeah. get on really well with the in-laws because they've all had that connection for all those years. And then so you're kind of moving into this village, like I spoke about, and not everyone likes you. And you might go through life where most people like you. <laughs> you get along with most people and then all of a sudden... You don't have that. You don't get along with these people. Um, And it it is a process of, you know, moving through and creating relationships with these people. But I remember I said to my husband, Mark, um, Christmas. So they were really young. And I said, look, we don't have any kids right now. Why She loves Christmas Day. We'll have Christmas on Christmas Eve. So we made that decision every year for years. We would do Christmas on Christmas Eve, do the full, you know, the tree, the opening of the presents, I would cook and we would do that then. And then she would come and get the kids late late 5 o'clock in the afternoon, take them home and then they would be in bed ready for Christmas Day and then they'd do their whole family and we weren't, we didn't go to any of that, we weren't invited to any of that in the beginning. So that went on for years until I Dylan was born and then when he was old enough, you know, as a toddler, we said, well, we'd like to be able to have Christmas on Christmas Day now and do the whole thing. And so the first time we did that, I knew that it was going to be difficult for the boys because we were like, well, you're going to spend Christmas Day here. Then the mother was like, well, the boys aren't going to be with me for Christmas Day. And I said, you know what, let's just do Christmas together. I'll do it at my house. So we had, I invited them all and we had Christmas here. So about 35 of us. Wow. I know. So we've done that for many years on now. So they'll probably be here this Christmas. They were here the Christmas, last Christmas and the Christmas before, you know, Mark's ex-wife will come, her mother and, um, you know, her sister and that. And, yeah, and it, it's not about me. It was I, one of the reasons why I did a lot of these things was, yes, I guess, to be liked and to, to get along in that, but it was also for Mark. The main person I did this for was for Mark because it was such a struggle for him. And, and then for your son as well, of course, for Dylan to have that experience. Absolutely. And in the end it was about all the boys, like let's get the kids together when they're a bit older and stuff. So, um, but, you know, it's it's different now because, I, like I said, they're, they're grown, but it, it it was a conscious decision to make that happen. And, and, like, what's the big deal? We just sort of hang out for Christmas and we have a nice lunch together. The boys are happy. They haven't had to run down halfway down there to that house and then we have to come back here for dinner. We just do it all together. Um, so we've been able to have that relationship. But it wasn't always like that. It, it took a while to build that sure. relationship. It's really interesting, isn't there? There's a um, a quote that says, we overestimate what we can achieve in one year and we underestimate what we can achieve in 10. And I yes. feel we're very, very short-sighted. It's like if we can't figure out this Christmas, we'll never figure out Christmases, yes. you know. And there's very much a an opportunity to just let 
bridges build over time and yeah. to let traditions build over time and to let you know that um those relationships build and develop over time yeah absolutely let me ask you something it's a bit pointed perhaps um but do you feel like you sacrificed a lot in falling in love then with a man who had children um yes I do And there's been many times I thought to myself because it was not always easy and even just in our own marriage. You know, marriage alone is not easy, let alone having the outer influences of all the other stuff. And there were many times I thought to myself, you know, I could have met met a man that didn't have all this crap, didn't have his wife, didn't have the baggage, didn't have the kids. And there were times where I thought like even just when we got married was like, there were no real firsts for us. He'd already done that. Mm-hmm. So he'd never, the, we didn't like even propose to me. It wasn't his first time. And when we got married, it wasn't his first time. When we had a child, it wasn't his first time. So a lot of those things I was experiencing for the first time, but he wasn't. Interesting. So, and it's interesting how he didn't really understand that. Um, and, you know, I did think, there's been many times where I thought, you know, I did sacrifice. And I look back now, just turning 50 and, you know, we've gone through so much and the kids are grown now and, you know, my son's almost out of school one more year to go. And we, we've we spoken, had discussions about all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I look back now, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change my life. Um, but I realised how much I actually did sacrifice. Yeah. And he does now too. So I'm mm-hmm. very grateful for that. He He does understand and there's been many moments, you know, where he's like, Angela, I realise how much you did sacrifice and I want to thank you for that, you know, because he has understood that it hasn't been easy for no. me. And, um, yeah, but it's like that was the person I fell in love with. So it, it was, you know, I, you know and I, I, I couldn't not see myself with him. So, yes, as hard as some of the struggles were, and I've had many friends who were in one marriage and, you know, they they didn't last either. So they didn't even have the other outer influences. Yeah. So yeah, there's no guarantees, is there? There's help no me, guarantees. Help me understand then how do, how do you, given that you've got all of these outside, I don't want to say influences exactly, just the presence of, of presence. people you didn't choose to be in your relationship or in your life actually, how do you then make space for you and Mark to have something that's completely separate, how do you prioritise your relationship um, when you have got all of these pulls and these connections that you didn't choose? Yeah. And, again, when I was researching a lot of this stuff and, and figuring it all out, I was um, I wrote a lot of, about it in the book and date nights were very important. So yeah. we would have date nights and that was something that was just us and in that, we didn't talk about kids, <laughs> didn't talk about ex-wives and th- that might have been when they were young and there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of change and a lot of stuff going on. We just didn't talk about it. We just had to have our own lives yes. and that was important for us to have that um, and just switch off from it all because I've always said this, kids will grow and they will go, right? They will leave and if you, and it's apparent now, you know, in our family dynamic is if you revolve your entire life around the kids, they're going to go and then you're going to be on your own or mm-hmm. you're going to be in a relationship where you can look at each other and go, do I even like you? Why did we even stay together? Because all yeah. that's been about the kids for so long. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's fast how quick that focus 
can be taken away from the the relationship to something else. Um, let me ask you another question. How do you think you would feel? So knowing your situation where you were the stepmom, yep. but you've never had to share Dylan, how do you think you might feel if Dylan had another parent in his life? Look, I've thought about that as well. So if our marriage broke down, if Mark yeah. you know, met another person and how would I feel about that? I think if I'd like to get to know that person, I would think, okay, if that person is somebody that I can trust and is a good influence on my son and who likes my son, then that's okay with me. You know, I actually heard Dr. Phil once say, anybody that's good to my child has a place in my heart. They're good to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the same. If you're somebody that has a positive influence on my child, and there's been many mentors in Dylan's lives, and um, I've made sure that I've, I've been very thankful for that, very grateful, you know. But I think that's how I would be in a relationship. I can't say because I'm not there as long as that person is is good to Dylan. Yeah, agreed. I've had um, my ex-husband has had girlfriends and while her and I have not had relationships, I mean this is some time ago now, I was always grateful that my children appreciated her. Yes. Right? They, They're being yeah. treated well. Yeah, and there was one particular girlfriend I remember. They they genuinely had a great connection with her. Yeah. And it was fine that her and I didn't have a relationship. I was delighted knowing that when I handed them over, they were going to someone they cared about. Yeah. And that, that situation is much trickier, of course, for my clients who have to hand their children over to their ex-husband who started a relationship with someone either they haven't had the opportunity to get to know right? So the, the girlfriend has come in and actually the mum doesn't know anything about the girlfriend. Yeah. Or secondly, it's the um, it's the reason the marriage broke up. So it was the 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 lady is the affair. And so it carries all of this additional baggage around and that's yeah. really challenging. Yeah, mm. that is really challenging. And then it's also how much do the kids know about that too? Of because course, well. they don't mm. want to feel like they're... Um, you know, betraying Disloyal, that's their right. mother or father in any way. So that can get very tricky for the kids too. Yeah, it's not always easy for the kids. And as much as we sort of make it about our relationships and stuff and, and being happy, which is very important too, you've also it's that whole thing about, you know, the kids and the and, and not putting too much guilt and 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 another thing about it is like it's it's not treating the kids like, hey, it's us against the world. Because it's not, because usually you've always got a partner. And if you don't, it's hard. But it's if you've got a partner that's, you know, you're both working towards trying to make peace and try to keep the kids happy, just make it about keeping the kids happy. Um, yeah. Don't make it about, you know, it's us against the world. And putting that those big, um, serious adult conversations onto the children. Never. They just don't need it. No, they don't. So let's go back to your advice earlier, which was, I think, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, you know, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Yeah. Um, and you're not necessarily going to be happy handing your children over to your ex and there's someone you don't know there, but you're not going to be right either in telling your children that this is somebody they shouldn't like or they shouldn't appreciate. It's a really tricky space to navigate it is yeah Angela is there anything else you would want our listeners to know about they've met a new man he has some children there's some challenging dynamics I mean you've written a whole book about it so <laughs> here's me asking for like three sound bites perhaps um yeah. 
How could she prepare herself for the mm, challenges ahead? Um, you know, how might she be able to ground herself in yeah. preparation for bringing this village into her life? Okay, couple of things. I would say be patient. And don't throw yourself in there because I've seen so many women in my position turn up to these events straight up, turn up to the school swimming carnival. You don't need to be there. You've got to respect the space. This is their mother. This is their father. This is the family dynamic that's happening here. You're coming in as the outer person and you need to earn that right to be around those situations. I don't believe you should be throwing yourself in there because you're creating uncomfortable situations for everybody. Mm -hmm. If your partner, your husband or partner, or usually it's just a partner, by the time you reach your, your husband, then, of course, you can be going along to more of things. But in the beginning, just be patient and stand back a bit and say, you go, you go and see the kids and you go and do what you got to do and I'll just, you know, go and see my girlfriend or do something else. Don't always be like this. You have to be together all the time and you have to be involved, you know, and like stamp your ground. That's my partner and I'm turning up. Be careful of that. Mm, That's what I say because that's where you can start to cause issues and it's like, oh, what's she doing here? Like what's he doing here? Like what's what are they doing here? Did they really have to come? And then it just makes it more uncomfortable, especially for the kids. Yeah, beautiful. Their parents. Be patient, take some time, earn your space, I guess. Earn your place in the family dynamic. And also respect that I guess there was a family dynamic there, whether it's together anymore, it's broken down. There was that before you came along and your your time and your your place will come for that. And just the the slower you take it, I I believe the easier it will be for you because that each partner will respect the fact that you're not crossing that boundary yeah. and you're not, you know, making it all about you because, yeah. again, you know, it, it, it isn't about you. It's really more about the kids and just getting the kids through and, and making sure that they're happy. Love that. Thank you. Now, Angela, I mentioned that you're a business coach and an entrepreneur. You mentioned that you've got restaurants. In what way do you coach um, people. So in what uh, sphere are you a business coach? Well, like I said, I've opened these restaurants of six years ago and yeah. I'm actually stepping out. My, I've got my stepson running those now and I've kind of set that up and created the brand and they're running well and I feel like my time there's done. <laughs> it's right. time for me to step back and um, my goal now is to create an online course and I'm in the process of writing that at the moment and um, step into the world of keynote speaking and that will be all on business and uh, mindset and uh, business coaching but also working with female entrepreneurs and I really believe that it comes down to self-esteem and, um, you know, making your mark in the world by really working on yourself. I've been a student of personal development for over 30 years. So I have a lot of knowledge and a lot of things I'd like to share in Fantastic. that. So I'm going to build an online course around that. It's um, it's nearly done. 
And yeah, so that's the sort of world I'm moving into now. Yeah. So for some of the listeners that have been following the socials and have followed me for a while, they know that I'm in her empire builder. Angela is also in her empire builder. So we are in this beautiful community of online course creators. We get to learn so much and support each other there. So that's awesome. Angela, how can people find you? if They want to get to know more about you or read your book. Sure. Yeah, they can follow me on Angela Vasalo. 88. That's my Instagram. Um, my website will be live in the next couple of weeks, again, which is just angelavasalo.com. Great. You can purchase my book on there as well. And um, and then you can also join our wait list for anyone that's interested in the online course. Amazing. Thank you so much. Of course, I'll put the links to that in the show notes. Um, thanks so much for sharing your insight in this space. Um, you know, there are so many more blended families being made every day it's a tricky 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 space to navigate because not only are we navigating an ex-partner we're navigating children who are not our own and trying to figure out whether we can have influence over them we're navigating our new partner or you know that partner who has their own issues with the family dynamics and more importantly we're we're navigating our own internal triggers and emotional resilience and ability to cope through all of this so it is a lot it is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for writing that book and helping people understand and having a blueprint on how to navigate it. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the advice that I've given there and just shared a few of my tips can help some of your listeners. Yeah. And if anyone's listening and you've got further questions for Angela or myself on this topic, please send us a DM on Instagram. So we've got Angela Vasalo, ACH, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. Uh, do divorce right on Instagram as well. Send us a message and and let us know. We'll get back to you. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.